Wind your body, wiggle your belly, dip in, go down, and now the new style is the Go Down Podcast with Ram Critic and Muse. Recently, I had been listening to some uh, podcast that was talking about one of the Fairly Brothers movies, and I thought it back on, uh, I thought back on, you know, the the classic one, Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey. Oh, man. And, you know, just the soundtrack that came with that, like, there, there's a lot of Jim yes. Carrey movies in the 90s with, like, really good soundtracks. <laughs> When you said that, it made me laugh because I recognized it. Not until you said Fairly Brothers did I remember where it was from. Right? <laughs> I was sitting here like, how the f*** do I know that? That sounds really random. I was like, is that some mid-2000s reggaeton Darren's bringing to the table? <laughs> then I forgot, oh yeah, that's like the... Is that the opening credits or the end credits? Yeah, the opening credits. By Apache Indian, I think was the guy's name, who's Jamaican. <laughs> That's a super catchy as fuck song. Right? I think that was at the time when, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Shaba Ranks and uh, Queen Patra were, like, at their height. So it was actually, like, a big fucking deal to have a song like that in a movie that big, you know? What's something it kind of reminded me of? Have you ever seen the movie The Past? <laughs> the, the what? Oh my god! That, yeah, of course! Because I was super into comedians as a, as a teenager, so one of my favorite ones was John Leguizamo. <laughs> this guy was offered the role of Luigi in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Seems like it would be a star-making role when you think about it, you know? The biggest video game franchise of all time, you know? He was offered around the same time a sitcom based around his life, and he said, no, no. Mm. I've got the Super Mario Brothers movie. I'm good. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So a few years after that, you got um, what some might remember House of Buggin', mm -hmm. <laughs> a sketch show uh, kind of like in Living Color, predated Mad TV by a bit. Yeah, it was the show that was on Fox the year before Mad TV was on. It was your Hispanic answer to In Living Color before, like, Carlos Mencia was on yeah. Comedy Central. <laughs> and I just remembered he had a fucking thing. Yeah, I remember that. It, it was so, dude, it was so the... Well, Chappelle's show's gone, yep. but I guess... <laughs> like, I remember the, the sea change of, like, the, the two years in 2002 you know, two and 2003 of, like, my friends every week having something fun and silly to say from that old Chappelle show, and then the next year it being like, oh... <laughs> Fucking <laughs> 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 nothing. Yeah, oh, there's the DTD, which is kind of insensitive, but, uh... <laughs> oh my god, that was him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, fuck Carlos Mencia, like, right. all the way around, man. Speaking of, uh, uh... <laughs> special needs people uh i was thinking specifically wanted to bring that conversation up of just how like awful a lot of fairly brothers movies are to watch in retrospect like you know they were totally the shock comedy of their day and that's why it was like cool to watch them and then it's just like as soon as you just like go back and just look it's just like this is awful like i was scrolling through their filmography i was just like oh my god they did this and, and this and <laughs> you know, I think it's like it's like Dumb and Dumber was good because Jim Carrey is good, and then I think maybe something about Mary is kind of like the well, you know, it's the normie sort of shock comedy movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it had the moment everyone was talking about. You know, with the it's extremely of its time. Too. Yeah, exactly. But I had forgotten all about the like the special needs. Uh, uh, 
uh, oh, yeah, guy the brother. who just yeah. has, you know, R word strength and, you know, that whole trope and joking oh, on that. Oh, my God. Yeah and, and, yeah. and then I saw the last film they made and it was Green Book. And I was like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> the shock that you just expressed <laughs> is exactly what I had. I feel like I knew that, but it didn't register till just now. Right. <laughs> like I just those like... motherfuckers were given such a fucking award for their melodramatic, fucking mediocre bullshit. That was so bad. Mahershala Ali had to fucking apologize to the family it was based off of. It's like Todd Phillips going from, oh yeah, I'm making. <laughs> I'm making a fucking documentary about Gigi Allen to the fucking Hangover movies. To, oh, yeah, now I'm just making The Joker. No, <laughs> no big whoop, you know. NBD, just over here doing my thing, hoping people forget all about the other shit I did. And then he's going to be asked to make another Gigi Allen documentary. Like, man, give someone else a chance. What else is there to say about that motherfucking gross asshole? Nothing. Not to believe the point, but, like, the little I had found out about him was just kind of like, oh, all right, I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> and that's about it, man. It's like, oh, he did, like, like, rub shit on himself on stage? Okay. <laughs> oh, but did you know he rubbed shit on himself a different time? Yeah, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I kind of imagine so. And then he hit a guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, this sounds like a guy whose show is horrible to go to. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Like, how are you going to make a fucking documentary about this thing? And the guy was, like, super self-absorbed and self-important. Yeah, and, and like, has, like he a weird even, cult following. He didn't even have the type of hits that would, like, make you go, like, okay, even if you don't like the guy, you got to hand it to him. He's got some bops that people can't escape. It's not even that. It's just kind of like, what, why are you talking about this guy? <laughs> I want to leave. Five people around me have already thrown up, but he hasn't played my favorite song yet, so I gotta stick through it. I gotta stick it through. I gotta hear my fave, and then I'm out. But no, dude, we didn't even talk about the pest yet. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I just... I haven't heard anyone talk about the pest in, in a fucking grip, and mm. we need to talk about that shitty movie for a sec. <laughs> okay, so we got a cultural phenomenon. We don't really know exactly what kind of movie to make about them. And it's always way over the top for some reason. Mm -hmm. And it always follows around the person being in over their head in a weird situation. So, okay, yeah. we got Carrot Top. Everyone loves Carrot Top. What are we going to do? I was just do? about to say. <laughs> we got to make him chairman of the board. He's going to be an executive and he's going to be set up to fail. But, uh-oh, he succeeds somehow. Uh, we got the jerky boys. They do prank phone calls. What are we going to do? Uh, they're going to piss off the mafia and they got to be on the run from the mob. Okay, cool. That's great. That has nothing to do with the albums, but whatever. It works. And then, yeah, the jerk. So we got John Leguizamo, stand-up comedian. Okay. What's his bit? Uh, he's going to find himself in a weird, dangerous game scenario where a man is hunting him for sport. But not before he gets to sing the theme song to his own movie. <laughs> which is basically why I brought up the pest in the first place. I like to do my beats, cruise and cream, play three carmoni on these crazy streets, straight hustler. I'm all a scam and I'm in it, so low to the flow, pick the pocket, I'm a midget. Because of Voodoo Mambo and that motherfucking song <laughs> that they decided... They wanted to open the goddamn movie with that shit, dude! Huh? 
It's got Latin flavor. It's got funny comedian impressions. Ooh. It's got him saying the R word for no reason. Get stupid, get you gotta cram it all in there. You gotta, you, but then it's like, all right, so what does that really have to do? Well, well, you know, a couple scenes later, he does impressions, and of course, they're all kind of vaguely offensive. Or how about it's like a heist movie, but like, it's your silly voice along the way, you know? You, maybe you gotta do a voice to... It's like they have one scene in mind for the movie. You're gonna fool the guard over an intercom with with, with your voice, because you're gonna do like a, like a, like a Jack, like a Jackie Gleason impression. It goes, okay, cool. What about the rest of the movie. I really uh. do think it was like Jim Carrey who like got that started. The funny man comedy of the 90s where it's like look how eccentric yeah. and weird they're being. You know that that quirk that this specific person has like because when you look at like Ace Ventura it doesn't really make sense why he's acting like that. You know like there's no real reason why he like, he could be an animal detective and not talk through his ass. Like, there's no correlation to why that's <laughs> happening. It's just an obscure-sounding job where it's just like, oh, what would someone who has this obscure uh, job act like? You know, because th that's not the norm, so wouldn't they be acting weird? You know, you got me thinking now, because when you said it kind of started with Jim Carrey, I thought about Robin Williams. If you look at Robin Williams' stand-up, Compared to his movies, now that yeah, I think about it, it's a completely different animal. A lot of his movies have him downplaying his shit like a lot. I remember like watching like Comedy Central things that would talk about like you know Robin Williams comedy. Like, oh man, this guy was a live wire. He was a you know he he was a fucking racket, and it's just like. He's just being random and silly, and that's not to, like, take away from him, but it's like, yeah, when it comes time to do the movies, like, he has to be so much more disciplined, and it's a good thing. <laughs> like, the only time I think they really did that was in Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you could just be off the wall nuts, and even then, he didn't even want to do that because he didn't want to be the focus of the movie. Yeah, and, and that's not to say... But you... he's like, well, that's what they want. And, and that's not to say, you know, Robin Williams doesn't hold a warm place in my heart because you know, Aladdin and all that fun stuff. But yeah, sure. like it is <laughs> like he he and Jim Carrey have that similar sort of like if you look at their actual stand up, it's just like they're not like it's not that they're not like clever, but it is more just about how random and manic they are acting. You know what I'm saying? There are two comedy albums I listened to a lot as a really little kid before I got older and branched out into other comedians. They were uh, Bill Cosby himself, regrettably. <laughs> I mean, you can't escape it. <laughs> when, yeah. If you're a kid and going to comedy... You don't it, fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Robin Williams' uh, Reality What a Concept, which was kind of the same set as Robin Williams' Live at the Met. And it's really just like... Hello, I'm Robin Williams, and now I'm gonna run over to this side of the set, and I'm gonna jump up to the balcony, and I'm gonna do this voice of these people, and I'm gonna go, ah, 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 and then I'm gonna jump back down here, and I'm gonna run back and over here. This. Okay, uh, and then I'm gonna go over here, and they're doing this, and the tits are like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. <laughs> As a vaguely hyper kid, like, that had to have been, like, a nightmare for my parents. Like, please don't let him watch. <laughs> Robin Williams stand up. He already watches Pee Wee's Playhouse. This is gonna be a deadly cocktail. He's gonna be jumping off the fucking walls. Mrs. Doubtfire is funny at times, but not that funny, and I guess it's supposed to be sort of moving, too, that a father would go through such an effort for his children, but somehow I never saw a father there. I only saw Robin Williams in a role that was tailor-made to exploit his talent for impersonation without ever really using his talent as an actor. One of the biggest movies I watched as a kid with him in it was fucking Hook. 
And he's so reserved in Hook, man. He doesn't do shit. He plays a fucking lawyer. <laughs> and then it's like, well, now I'm Peter Pan, but I'm still not... Like, the fucking Lost Boys are, like, way more eccentric than he is, even as Pan. I was just thinking about fucking Jack. Oh, my God! <laughs> he Talk didn't get to do anything funny like in Jack. To be doing something and then just depresses you? You gotta cram Bill Cosby in there, too. Like, all right. Was that one fucking with Patch Adams? <laughs> Have him work in a hospital! That was where it got the worst, right? That, that was where it was the most egregious of, like, uh, what if the silly comedy man did unexpected thing you wouldn't expect the silly comedy man to be? Uh, uh, at a hospital? Have him be a stalker and a, and, and a murderer in one hour photo. You wouldn't expect that, would you? We got two listener requested album reviews this week, and we're going to start with Sabaton, The Last Stand, requested by D E K I O Z N O W. Dekio. Snow? Snow. Now, I'm sorry, Dekio, yeah. if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. But uh, Sabaton, The Last Stand. You know, funny thing. We've got two uh, concept albums. Yeah. So Sabaton, it's a Swedish power metal. Swedish. Are you telling me you weren't able to pick up on that at any point? I thought they were Scottish. Scottish. You know, a weird thing, and I know you can't really help this. The lead singer of this group, he like does this rolling of his R's a good bit. I didn't like this album hardly at all. <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and get that out of the way to kill all uh, possible suspense. While Power Metal itself isn't really my cup of tea in the mm. first place, it can appeal to me if done in a specific way. This, if the music hits you right, <laughs> every single song to me sounded pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, the thing that was really differing about them was the fact that they were about different topics and, and time periods. But you know. even then, dude, the concept album, if you haven't been able to pick it up, it's called The Last Stand. Every song on here is about historical last stands in battles in wars throughout history. I didn't know it was specifically about last stands. I thought it was just about battles, and some of them happened to be about that. Because th there is... Uh, a theme that you pick up of, like, someone helping at the last second, you know? Like, fucking, one of my favorites was Winged Hussars, just because of how it did, and the Winged Hussars arrived! <laughs> Every single song is about, like... <laughs> I feel like I'm going to shit on this so much, but every song sets the time period, the place, and mm. then says, there's this many people over here. There's that many people <laughs> over here. Yeah? Okay? So many songs. Just throw in numbers. There was only so many innocent and they all came over here. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, they're different topics in the sense that they're different time periods, but it's all the same topic. It's all the same basic subject. They're all war chants, you know, about the last stand and going into war. It's gym music for the, you know, 1500s, you know? It's so fucking repetitive, man. Like, and it doesn't help that so many songs do sound very similar music-wise. I hate the production. Like, the production sounds so bad. At some points, it sounds like early 2000s, like, new metal, here comes the boom. Like, the first song in particular. The ooh, right. ah, ooh. <laughs> 
Like, this shit sounded like some shit you'd hear on, like, straight up. Did it not sound like something you'd hear, like, one of those ad bumps for, like, Fox football? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we'll be right back. <laughs> it's an ad for some athletic where fucking tap out. Exactly. It's a fucking tap out ad. I actually will say, like, I enjoyed that aspect of it. What I didn't mm -hmm. like is when it... There would just be points where it tips over and goes into that cheesy rock opera final countdown sounding shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where it's just like, I can't rock out to this because it sounds so cheesy, you know what I mean? And again, if that only happened maybe once or twice, but it's so many times. Yeah, the synth cheese is just... <laughs> The synth itself really does it a disservice. I'm going to say this. I, I got a weird feeling. This album made me think of Ninja Sex Party with its synth leads. Mm. <laughs> and that's not exactly the comparison you want when you're going for super serious songs yeah, about right. historical like, this wars. Silly, yeah, you could get that they're the doing it over the top. But like, nah, you're supposed to think this is cool. So the first track, it, it's still synth, but it sounds more like horns than it does like just a straight up synth, which it does on most of the rest of the album. But it sounds so fake and the drums sound so bad. <laughs> the only thing that sounds halfway decent is the uh, is the electric guitar and you get yeah. some cool solos, but yeah. there are so few and far between that it's like... You're exactly. digging through, man, to find exactly. anything. Yeah, no, because when they do happen, songs. they're so crisp and clear, and it's like, holy shit, this is like some fun. Like, whenever those guitars come through, I feel like that's when they reach the fucking Trans-Siberian Orchestra type of heights that they're mm. trying to go for, you know? When they yeah. let the music really breathe and really feel epic. But w they push it so hard with the synths and shit. No really standout. Uh, cuts of like, ooh, yeah, that one. And there's also no real standouts of the worst song either. It's all kind of in the same range of, eh. Yeah, for me, it's like, it's all the same unless the stuff that really sticks out that's more intense. Like, Rourke's Drift was really intense for me. You know, like, Hostile Spear, a new frontier, the end is near, there's no surrender, <laughs> you know? Zulu's attack, fight back to back! Like, that shit was intense. <laughs> Overall, I got a two from this. Uh, overall, I give it a three out of five. I, I, again, I, I enjoyed learning little bits about stuff like with the last song, the last battle that was after Hitler had committed suicide and, and these uh, resistance uh, Austrian troops coming together to fight against the, the rest of the Nazis. Like, that's pretty cool to learn about that, you know. So it kind of made sense when I, when I heard that lyric, the, the American troops and the German army coming together at last. And you're just like, what? Wait, what's happening? Like, why is it is it okay that this is happening? But then you look up the information, you're like, oh, it's because uh, it was the end of the war. Da, da, da. So like, learning that historical thing is like kind of cool. But you know, uh, overall, just the the too much bombast of it is just kind of it, it, it's like a Michael Bay movie. It just keeps it's just on ten all the time. You know, I think the context of like these are all interesting topics. None of these topics on their face are boring or dull. It's all fascinating stuff. Mm. But the lyrics aren't interesting. The songs themselves aren't written in a way that's compelling for me. Um, a problem with most of them is like, 
I don't I don't know. Folks, um what happened was we lost a good bit of recording footage, so I'm trying to remember <laughs> as to where we cut off, but um some of the songs are are kind of written from a point of view, but a lot of them are just kind of like what I referred to as History Channel meets Schoolhouse Rock where mm-hmm. it's just like a narrator just kind of telling you what's going on. Like remember when we did the MC Chris album? Yeah. And so many of the songs were like, hey, here's a song about Freddy Krueger, and here's a song about this. And it was just like, he's just telling you the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I, yes. (laughs) Like, if the song was from Nancy's point of view, and was telling you about facing off against Freddy and avenging her dead friends, like, that's a much more captivating song than... Here's the dream. Here are all the dream warriors, and here's how all of them die. Like, yeah, I know. I've saw, I saw the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta give me a different experience than that. The first person perspective. Moving on to Tom Maroon's requested album, Tallahassee by the Mountain Goats. Your boy, the Mountain Goats. Fucking hometown boys make good. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure where they're from exactly, but I don't think Tallahassee. I don't think it's autobiographical, but. This is the second Mountain Goats album we reviewed on the show. Uh, And it's another concept. More strict of a concept than the other album, where the concept was basically, here are all these songs about different things, but they're all titled after Bible verses that we kind of relate them to. (laughs) All these tracks are about the same thing, and they are about the, the fucking lockhorns of music. This couple that just can't... Man, they just can't win. Mm-hmm. They just, uh, you know... Can't, can't keep it together. Oh, boy, they're trying. <laughs> but, you know, try as they might. Yeah, uh, well, as I was listening to the album, uh, I got to one song in particular, No Children. Okay, are we just going <laughs> to skip right ahead to No Children? Well, the reason why I was bringing it up is because I was like, I know I've heard this before. And oh! It was on... Do you, Have you ever watched the show Moral Oral? <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about, though. Season 3, episode 1, the No Children song plays, and it's so goddamn intense. And it just, like, it just woke my mind up as to, like, what is going on in this album? And it kind of made me look up, uh... All the info about it, about, uh, yeah, this being about this alpha couple. This is where the dream is supposed to happen. We're supposed to fall in love here. And then it just kind of, like, doesn't work out. and Because they, they just romanticize, you know, how they're supposed to live. But then when they're saying, like, the reality of what their relationship is, like, apparently they just, like, go to Tallahassee to try to figure it out. And things just get even worse. <laughs> that, that's the whole concept, apparently. I really, 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 really liked this album a lot. Um, my favorite cuts, um, you went ahead and spoiled it. Fucking No Children's my favorite <laughs> cut on the album. If I may, just this fucking part in particular, mm. fuck me, man. And I hope when you think of me years down the line, you can't find a good thing to say. And I hope that if I find the strength to walk out, you'd stay the hell out of my way. <laughs> I am drowning, there is no sign of land, and you are coming with me, hand in unlovable hand, and I hope you die, I hope we both die. It was at that moment, I laughed listening to this, because this album is so almost laughably depressing. (laughs) After that part where he says, and I hope you die, 
I hope we both die. And there's just like an open part of the music where it's just like, there's just nothing happening. You're like really the music. And then this like piano just lightly comes in, <laughs> you know, just like highlighting, just like, like there's no after that, which is like, I hope you die. I hope we both die. Anyway, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, just like underlying the starkness with which the emotion he's expressing is coming through. <laughs> I think that's a big part of it because so many of these tracks, it starts off admittedly a little light with uh, Tallahassee, the uh, the title track. It's a bit more of a relaxing, I wrote down, stupid relaxing guitar. Yeah, it is see, I like, wasn't even picking up what was happening at first. It wasn't oh until, man. like, yeah, a couple tracks in where I was like, It's Wait so a fucking mellow, man. Yeah. It's, but it's not the most grabbing track, especially as, like, an opening to the album. It doesn't really do that great of a job. But the, f- the second track, though, first few desperate hours. Oh, when, the, when the Weird Al voice really kicks in. <laughs> the fucking juxtaposition on this album with okay with the first half there are songs on here that sound so fucking upbeat and so fun Mm -hmm. and then you you've seen the meme where it's like the all black house next to the like pastel color house (laughs) and it's like the music the lyrics that's basically what this uh what these first few songs are first few desperate hours going into uh, Southwood Plantation Road, a uh, game show of our lives. These three tracks in a row um, really do paint the picture of, like you said, this. Uh, they start out in Tampa, they're driving up to Tallahassee, thinking maybe if we start a new life here, uh, things will get better. They already know they're doomed. And you, the listener, know <laughs> they're doomed. They're, uh, they're trying to make it work, and just the fucking bitterness that grows, the sense of bitterness in first few desperate hours of, like, it puts you in the car. You mm. know. It's like, wow, this fucking car ride is gonna fucking suck, man. <laughs> you're oh just God. trying, you're putting on that happy face, man. And then Southwood Plantation Realty, another one. Another fucking super bummer of a track that's all about the denial of, um... This fam, this marriage is just on the rocks. Dude, the very first lyrics. I've got you. You've got whatever's left of me to get. Our conversations are like minefields. No one's found a safe way through one yet. Just like, oof. (laughs) Goddamn. So then going into game shows, Touch Our Lives, the car ride was a disaster. Uh, We can't talk to each other, apparently. Let's just sit down, watch game shows, and live vicariously through happy people for a while. Ooh. Wow, this is a sunshiny album. <laughs> have I ever heard <laughs> the of social commentary. The lyrics on this one are so good. How it's just talking about like, oh, the flashing lights and the money just flying around. Uh, all of this can be yours if the price is right. All right, we're, we've drank ourselves to the point where we're about to pass out because we can't handle this. We're just gonna go to bed fucking drunk as shit uh the house that dripped blood that one really just got my attention with the imagery of what was happening it switches gears a tiny bit Mm. and it adds that harmonica that almost distorted harmonica on it it adds so well to like the weird imagery of what's happening uh i just want to quote like at the end uh still waters going stagnant bodies bloat and the cellar door is an open throat and then you hear like the coming oh. in, and it's so like 
holy shit. Like, it just sounds like, like, it's one of those things you can see, like, the imagery of, like, a flooded basement and, like, things going into the cellar door and shit, you know? Like, you could just really see the fucking macabre imagery and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, from the musicality. After that one, um, Idols of the King kind of is a return to the more, uh, the deceptively upbeat. Oh yeah, that one's damn near a fucking, uh, one of those nice, uh, songs you hear on those, uh, instruction YouTube videos, you know, that always have, like, a xylophone, like, boop, boop, boop. It's a xylophone and a ukulele. Yeah, you know, exactly, with the hands showing you how to do shit, you know, how to cut the meat or whatever the fuck, you know. Uh, all of them, all of them, boop, boop, boop. (laughs) It's so, like, cutesy. (laughs) So it starts out, uh, with, with clay pigeons, which I never, I didn't quite grasp what the, what the metaphor there were with the clay pigeons, but going into the second verse where it's like crows and vultures and just like ominous symbols of like bad times ahead. And then leading into the third verse where it's just talking about the fire he sees in his wife's eyes. After No Children, the album really does take a a weird turn because See America Right is like the most aggressive cut mm-hmm. on the album. And then everything after that, like, we don't really get too much of that happy-go-lucky sound anymore. Yeah, everything sounds very ambivalent. You know, uh, international small arms traffic blues, for instance. What the fuck? Great name there. Man, so good. (laughs) The lyrics that that he used, uh, and it's like this really down-tempo music going on in the background. It's, It's like, earlier in the song, he sings it like, our love is like da 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 da, like a really simple thing. But then the second time he comes in, he like extends the melody a little bit. So he's like, "Our love is like the border between Greece and Albania." <laughs> and so you're just like thinking, like, oh, "That's a weird imagery." And then it's like a uh, trucks loaded down with weapons crossing over every night. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's just like like hearing this song just sounds like the weapons being driven to wherever places they need to be driven to before they're set off in the next song, uh, coincidentally entitled Have to Explode. <laughs> this is my other five. This and No Children are my fives. The line I wanted to quote uh, specifically, and I also have written down that just all peppiness and optimism is just gone uh, from this album. They are cutting the crap. It is extremely cut and dry from here on out. Uh, you and me lying on the tile floor, trying to keep cool, restless all night, sweating out the poison as the temperature climbs, staring up up at the 100-watt light that burns above. Name one thing about us two anyone could love. We roll out the red carpet when rotten luck comes down the road. Five, four, three, two, one. Watch for the flash. <laughs> and I especially loved uh, the part at the staring up at the hundred watt light. Cause like right at that point you hear like this little light piano. It's like staring up and you hear like, ding, 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 like <laughs> and it sounds like the light like flashing on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so fucking cool, man. Old college try. Another cynical biting. Very track. cynical. <laughs> A little surprise organ at the end that I appreciated. Like that, I can definitely deal with that. Um, I can feel it in the rotten air tonight in the tips of my fingers and the skin on your face. 
In the weak last gasp of the evening's dying light, in the way those eyes I've always loved illuminate this place, like a trash can fire in a prison cell, like the searchlights in the parking lots of hell. Jesus. <laughs> Oceanographer's Choice. This one, compared to the rest of the album, which is, I don't want to call it sparse, the instrumentations, but they are, they are more minimal. Oceanographer's Choice is the more full instrumentation it's got driving guitar going through it yeah yeah i thought the album kind of ended on a weaker note almost like how it starts like all the intention in the middle is the strongest stuff i didn't think it ended particularly strong i liked how i liked and didn't like as much the 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 the, uh, last track alpha rat's nest um compares them to vampires sucking their time together and each other dry. This seemed too on the nose. And how it doesn't really end with any kind of conclusion. What I saw on Genius, uh, the composer said in an interview, and he just kind of felt like he was throwing this out there, because I guess like he felt like he needed to say something. Because the interviewer was like, okay, so like, this is the end of the story with this couple, so what happens? And he's like, I don't know. I think they're like in the house together and they set the house on fire and they die in the fire. Doesn't it feel like this a lot? Like people who make albums like that have concepts, they don't know how to end them. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, "Mm, I don't know. I just kind of got bored. (laughs) I'm sick of them. (laughs) This seems to happen a lot. Because like, I feel like there are lots of times where I've gone and listened to an album, what, it's a concept album. Well, and there's always that feeling, how's it going to end up? What's the last song that's going to feel like it's come to completion? And it's always like, I mean, we're really, I I don't know. I I wanted to go like fully through with like a concept. I just just had some cool ideas. I wanted to make some songs. You know? (laughs) This fucking couple's a bummer and I just want to be done with them. I don't want to deal with them anymore. I think it's always good, a good feeling for an artist to be like in the middle of figuring something out and not like at the end where it's like, oh, I have to come to a definite conclusion. Well, I didn't, I was having fun in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, for me though, I, I really enjoyed this album and the lyrical intensity and stuff like that at the beginning, actually. And at the end, like, uh, when I didn't really know what was happening as much and when the musicality just wasn't grabbing me as well. That it did kind of like, like, it's not that it was uh, bad necessarily, it just like didn't really leave an impression, you know what I'm saying? Just like the very last track in some of the earlier ones, it just, like, it just didn't pull me into it enough. And that's not even to be like, it was, it like, isn't it hard to say when it's like, it's not that it was a bad song, I just, it it feels too mean to say I didn't care. (laughs) But it was just like, you know, I just wasn't like feeling those as much. But then when I was able to get into, yeah, the meat of the album, it's like, oh, what's going on? Oh, now I'm trying to hear, you know? It's almost the good and bad of having extremely interesting songs on your album, because if they're even a tick less interesting Mm. they feel way less interesting Mm -hmm. yeah overall i got a four on this one uh yeah i gave it a four as well yeah i liked this considerably more than the other mountain goats album we listened to and i'm gonna say that because i don't really remember much from that album i remember liking it at the time but i don't really remember much of it sticking with me since then I think I liked that other one more because mm. it, I, I was able to more directly connect with what was happening in each individual song. I, I felt mm. like uh, with my experience listening to it. And, uh, you know, there was more of that feeling of like, 
what is going to happen next when listening to that album? Because I, I remember in particular, wasn't that the one with their lyrics about like, a black hole is just a supernova turned inside out or something like really intense like that. And God came down and he was like, huh, I think it's about time for the end of the world to start. <laughs> like, <laughs> just sort of looking like, oh yeah, this seems like about right. You know, not even in like a super heavy judgmental way. It's just kind of like, ooh, ooh, yeah, right about now. Send, send, send the four horsemen. <laughs> It's like you put bread in the toaster and you kind of forgot about it. Right. <laughs> oh, fuck my bread. Oh, fuck Earth. I should really end that civilization. I've been meaning to. I almost let it go on for a little too long. No, now's good. But that about does it for this week's super uplifting episode of the Going Off <laughs> Podcast. I'm sure this Songs is exactly about, what y'all needed. Albums about wars and couples breaking up and relating it to war. <laughs> Thank God they didn't talk about the news on TV. <laughs> I was really looking for an escape. Oh, good. War and divorce. Fantastic. See, that's why we talked about all that all that fun Robin Williams stuff at the beginning, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, we fucking lured him with... We lured him into that full sense of security, didn't we? <laughs> Fooled you. Got your ass. <laughs> you fucking thought. <laughs> Subverting your expectations since 2014. It's the Going Off Podcast. <laughs> Speaking of 2014, Matt, I had someone say they didn't know our episodes were on iTunes. Man, what? I feel like I've been letting y'all down by highlighting and focusing all the attention on Spotify. Yes, we're on iTunes. Mm-hmm. We've been on iTunes way longer, my dude. We were on iTunes before. It was cool. Yeah. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Take your pick. And if you are on iTunes uh, and you want to give us that five-star rating and help us out a little bit, I don't really know exactly how much that helps these days, but it certainly couldn't hurt. Anything like following us on Spotify for on Spotify, that's cool. Uh, subscribing to our YouTubes obviously helps. Um, anything to get us noticed in this uh, in this year. Help turn 2020 around for us for at least a second. Exactly. Yeah. Let us... <laughs> If we provided you with an hour of adequate entertainment and you're like, well, I don't got the money to request an album or something like that if I don't have the money to tip them, I totally understand that. Times are hard right now. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. I, I hear you 100%. If you want to give us a follow or something, that shit's free. It takes a second. Fuck it. Better than money. Uh, uh, just, you know, share us on your uh, social media platforms. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and you know, you, you tell five friends and, and they'll tell five friends and, and they'll tell five friends, you know. <laughs> it sounds like a pyramid scheme, but honestly, word of mouth is the best form of advertising. Exactly. And you know what's the best thing about it? You, you wouldn't even have to pay a dime. All you have to do is just retweet it. Hey, y'all should uh, hear about these funny mofos talking about, uh, you know, your favorite and uh, most hated albums. You know what I'm saying? That's all, that's all you'd have to do. Free, uh, free, uh, free, free for you. You know, in, in, in exchange for all that uh, free entertainment in between fucking meals, I guess. <laughs> Years worth of entertainment. <laughs> And I've been saying this for a while. If you're sitting there and you're a fan of the podcast or you're a fan of our individual YouTube uh, series, our shows, there's a really good chance your friends would be too. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the way I look at it, and I'm not, trying to make, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to come down on you or judge you. But I think you're doing your friends a disservice mm -hmm. by not bringing our show to their attention. They're missing out. Yeah, what, what type of friend are you? You know, for I mean, I don't mean to make it too personal, but like, come on, man, 
You're bogarting all the laughs for yourself. Exactly. You could be texting your friends right now about all the stupid random shit that we talk about. Fucking don't get slapped, bitch. You could be sharing that moment with a friend right now. <laughs> you could have inside jokes based on our content. And you're sleeping on us. Friends, family, anyone who has a similar sense of humor or likes the same shit or doesn't like the same shit. If you're a fan, all I'm saying is share it on your Twitter, share it on your Facebook. Tumblr? Make a fucking going off TikTok video. I don't know, man. Instagram. I remember Pinterest. Someone, someone was talking about doing a... Uh... Uh, uh, animation of uh, us talking about something. <laughs> Dude, you have no idea how bad I want going off animated. Right? Oh my god, if somebody would have done the Wyclef Jean uh, episode. <laughs> I'm sitting here, whenever I see uh, my brother, my brother and me, or any other <laughs> podcast, and they got the animateds on their YouTubes, I'm sitting there with my nose pressed up, pressed up against the glass, fogging it up, being like, man, that could be us. That could be going off. So yeah, and any any fucking talented animators out there wanna wanna represent or wanna interpret a bit or a segment of our show from the past, immortalize it in mm. animation. Please feel free to do so and share it with us. We will share it on our social medias because that is so. That would be so fucking flattering. You have yeah. no idea. Uh, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, I mentioned the other sites before. Um. The, the way you can listen to the show. All of our old episodes are on there, so if this is the first time listening, uh, you can play some catch-up in this time, which I know a lot of people are looking for some content, and if there's some episodes you missed, what, what better way than uh, mm. checking up on some old episodes? You know, an easy thing to do, honestly, look through our episodes on YouTube or Spotify or whatever, and just seek out albums that you like, and just be like, ooh, yeah. I want to see what they think about that one, and just <laughs> pop that on. Before you know it, you'll be listening to all of them. Um, anything else? Uh, Station Head? Fucking uh, Station Head, you know, go there. If you want to hear, like, if you just, like, want to hear some new fucking weird hip-hop that you weren't thinking about listening to, you know, just go there. That, that, that's just what I do, you know? That's, that's mm-hmm. my outlet. Uh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, the link trees should have uh, links to the stuff. Oh, uh, my Review a New Podcast. Yeah, uh, yes. where I review movies where I, uh, you know, I, 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 I can't, couldn't uh, talk enough. Uh, about albums, so I wanted to talk shit about the movies that I <laughs> like watching. You got to spread out to all forms of media. Exactly. Yeah. We just got done uh, talking about the Wayne's Brothers movie, it, and I, um, well, we just got done talking about Kevin Smith's movies. We're in the middle of Wayne's Brothers movies. We just got done with Scary Movie Two, um, and I just uploaded a couple of unlocked episodes that were only uh, Patreon exclusive to ah, the, cool. the Review a New Patreon, which. Uh, yeah, those be- that that's their perk. They get to see like, you know, every other episode that people don't get to see on the main channel, but uh Oh, nice. S- you know, since the whole lockdown, you know, I'm trying to give people, you know, just some extra shit, you know. So, uh mm-hmm. yeah, uh just uploaded the uh I think it's I'm going to get you sucker and scary movie, I think is the latest one. So, uh it is that um motherfucking uh, <laughs> Instagram did we say that? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We're That's just certainly trying a thing. to get better about promoting ourselves. <laughs> right? Because it's like, you just talk this shit, and then we're just like, ah, good talking shit. All right, now we're done. Oh, fuck. We should probably tell people like to <laughs> do stuff if they give a shit about us, right? It probably would be smart, since we reviewed two listener-requested album reviews uh, this week, is to tell people how to do that. Kofi.com right. slash going off. <laughs> Man, that's usually the first thing I say. I completely forgot about it. 
uh, for one time forty dollar pledge on uh, Kofi.com slash going off uh, for an album you would like to hear us talk about. Fifty for an album that you uh, recorded or produced yourself. Um, we're blowing through them fairly quickly now, um, mm-hmm. especially because a lot of people are holding off on the bigger releases for when like quarantine or whatever ends <laughs> that they're wanting to hold off. I saw Lady Gaga was holding off on her release for a little bit. So the bigger releases kind of making us wait. Um, so in the meantime, what better way or what better time to blow through some of these requests? So the, the quicker we get through these, the quicker we'll get to yours. And uh, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's really about it. I think that covers it all now think yeah 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 okay cool for the going off podcast <laughs> i'm muse and i'm rap critic and why not go up why not go down you do the boom shakalak do the dance all fill up and say the boom shakalak you do the boom shakalak